Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive. We can thrive. And that is what being a waiting warrior is all about. Hey, waiting warriors. Welcome to another week on the Waiting Warriors podcast. I am your host, Michelle Bowler, and today, doing a solo episode, I was planning on having this episode be with my husband Austin and I together, but if you've been following along on Instagram at The Waiting Warrior, you know, he actually just quote-unquote deployed. He's stateside um, in Chicago helping with the vaccine mission and working with FEMA and all that kind of stuff. So you just get me not as cool. Austin always has so much good things to say, but he did send me a few ideas and notes, so you're not totally without. Um, I did want to do a quick introduction, though, to me and Austin and I for people who are new or if you haven't listened to the first few episodes and heard our story. Like I said, I'm Michelle. I've been an Army wife for almost nine years now. Um, Austin and I got married also almost nine years. He joined just after we got married. Um, so our anniversary, wedding anniversary and our army anniversary are pretty close, just a few months apart. We have four, almost five kids. So we've got four girls and eight, almost eight, uh, six and a half, four and a half, and then almost two-year-old. And then baby boy is due in July. Austin and I both, um, got our bachelor's in Idaho, which is where we met. I'm originally from Southern California. He's originally from Nevada, and we met up at school. Totally random place to meet. Um, we're not from Idaho, but that's where we met, where we fell in love, where we lived while, and um, Austin was in the reserves for while we were getting our bachelor's in Idaho, and then we transferred to Utah, where he could, got his master's, and um, we had two girls at that point, and then we had Anne while we were in Utah. He was still in reserves while we were there, and then from Utah, in Utah, after master's, he did a residency, and then we went active duty, and now we're in Fort Campbell. That is a very short rendition, um, but yeah, I love all things outdoors. I love doing fun projects. I love the Waiting Warriors community so much. I love this work. I love um, not only talking and spreading this message of thriving and creating a wonderful community that is striving towards that, but also learning it. I have learned so much in the last eight and a half, nine years of being a military wife and a mother. And it is 
incredible how much I've learned and I love sharing it, but I also love continuously learning and I'm glad that I keep on learning so I have more to share. And this week, because it's the PCS prep series, um, I wanted to talk about how you can help your military kids transition during a PCS, because that's a huge thing, right? The news of a PCS brings a lot of emotions to us military spouses. There's like a whole list of things to do that we immediately think of, which um, I think in a few weeks, we're going to have Elizabeth Cook from List and File. Super helpful with that huge list because I don't want to think about the list. She makes the list for me, which is great. Um, but also the stress of when you'll know where you're going or when you're going or when um, when are you actually going to get the orders instead of just the RFO, when are you actually going to get the orders so you can actually contact housing and finding a house. But there are also, there's all those like to-dos, but there's also a ton of emotional ramifications that hit. And it's not just for us, but if you are a mother, you also have your military kids that you're wondering about. Um, are we going to like it there? You know, are we going to like the weather? Are we going to like the house? Are we going to like the neighborhood? Are we going to like the adventures nearby? Are we going to like anything? Are we going to like the school? Um, will we find friends? Am I going to find friends? Are my kids going to find friends? Are we going to find, you know, the perfect families like we do right now that they have the same number of kids as we do and the mom and I get along and the dad gets along with Austin, you know, all those things. And then there's this saying goodbye to friends, which is so hard. And you have to handle all of this and your kids have to handle all of this and their kids. So hopefully you as an adult have learned some tools on how to cope. You've done maybe done this before. This probably isn't your first move um, or first change. You might've gone to college. You know, you've had some sort of experience. But even if your kids have done a ton of PCSs, it can be overwhelming and worrisome for the kid and for you. And we can't control our kids. Negative things are going to happen in life. Transitions are hard. But there are things that we can do to help, help them navigate everything so they can thrive as well. Because that's our goal, right? I don't want military life and all of the hard things to destroy my kids. I want it to help build my kids. But here's the reality of the situation. I currently live on post. So I am surrounded by military families and I am surrounded by a lot of kids. We actually have a ton of kids in our neighborhood, which is so awesome. But it also has been a really interesting learning experience. And I want to say this with a huge, huge asterisk. I am not judging any parents in our neighborhood. I fully recognize that I have no idea what anybody else is experiencing or has experienced or their capabilities or their um, education and knowledge and their ability to seek out help. I have no idea of any of that and I am not judging. 
What I have realized though and observed is there are some kids that are coping really well with military life. And there are some kids that aren't. And that is interesting to me to observe for the sole purpose, not for judging anyone else, because that just like brings yucky feelings into my life and does no has no positive purpose in my life. But the observation that it can go either way is helpful for me because then as a mother, I realize that I need to be intentional. We talk about that a lot, right? Both on Instagram and here. You have to be intentional because if you just think they will be okay, from my observation, that is part of the reason why some kids don't cope well because they are not taught intentionally how to cope. So that is super interesting to me because it motivates me and reminds me to be intentional. But one thing we also need to remember is that while I need to be intentional so my kids can thrive and navigate this as well as we can, thriving doesn't mean that nothing bad happens and that there's no negative emotions during the process. Negative emotion isn't something we need to keep from happening. That's a huge lesson that I have been learning um, the last six to 12 months. Negative emotion isn't something we need to keep from happening, but we can learn for ourselves and can teach our kids how to process it. And I think that is the purpose of negative emotion, is to learn how to process through it. Um, another little asterisk for this episode, I've never done a PCS move with older kids. Um, like I said earlier, our oldest is about to turn eight, but our eight-year-old has done five moves. Five total. Yeah, we've had six houses. She's been through five of them. Um, and what Austin and I do with our kids, we do very intentionally, and we do it because it's been built from our experience what we've observed our kids react to and don't react to and how they react to, to PCSs in general. Um, it's been built from learning from others that we look up to and we see have thriving kids. And it's also been from training we have been very blessed and lucky to receive since he is a chaplain and then parenting things that we have sought and programs that we've sought after and learned from. And I think these principles apply to every age, just the way you're going to apply them will be very different for every kid, every age. Obviously, the examples I have are very eight to two-year-old, you know, focused, but I think the principle is, you know, applicable to all. Um, and also, another thing you want to want to remember that Austin's really good at reminding me is that what happened and worked last move might not work this move. 
because your kids are older, your kids are different. They've experienced X number of years of life, so they're going to be different. So it could help to have like a family meeting, a family council kind of situation where you talk about what worked last time, what helped last time, and get, get the kids involved on how we can process this together. So I've got a few principles. I should have counted one, three, four. Four principles. They're not in any particular order, but again, I think these principles will really help you and your family, especially your, your military kids transition during the PCS. Um, if you're still listening though, and you don't have kids, one, awesome. Thanks for listening. Two, I think these principles really apply for anybody and help you transition. I should maybe put that in the title. I'll probably keep it at military kids because we worry about that, but these are good principles for all of us. So again, in no particular order, the first principle that I we are really intentional about is creating, um, you can either think of it as stability or continuity. I, I personally like continuity a little bit better. Austin likes stability better. So I think it just depends on the way your brain works. I like continuity because I want to, yes, our life is changing, but I want my kids to feel that there are a number of things that aren't changing. There are a number of things that will still be that are continuing on. And Austin likes stable because it, he wants his kids to feel stable and secure. And a move rocks the boat. That is a huge transition in, in all psychology and sociology and all those Gs. A move is known as a huge life stressor, a big, big change in everybody's life. And our kids do it often. And one of the things is that it it makes people feel very unstable and changes hard. So you want that continuity, you want that stability, um, and you have to create that for your kids during a PCS season or really just military life so that they can not feel those effects of a move as much. There's still going to be some of it, but there are things that we can do to really make our family feel like a stable place for our kids. It's the, it's the foundation for them. It's the soft place to land. You know, all of those feelings that we want our family to be come from creating this continuity and stability. Um, but you have to be intentionally counteracting it. So a big way you can create this stability is through a family routine. No matter where your family is, you know, whether you are at home three months before a move, one day before a move and everything's packed up, um, you're in a hotel on the road, you're in a hotel in the new place, you're in a new house half unpacked, you're in a new house a month later, hopefully all unpacked. I don't know. I'm one of those weird people that like unpacks in a week. If we still see boxes after a week, we just go crazy. So we just get done. But whatever that is for you, create a family routine that can go through all of that. That doesn't mean everything has to be the exact same every day. I know I get like super bored with 
that kind of a feeling. It doesn't mean that every hour has to be planned out, but create some sort of stable routine um, that can transfer throughout all of those phases of a PCS. So some examples of how we do that. Um, the first one is we like to start a show a few months before we move that we can watch before, during, and after a move. So we like the long ones, right, that have a ton of episodes. Obviously, think of something age-appropriate. For our girls, it's been the past two PCSs because we kind of already started because we were planning on PCSing in July, and we're not going to PCS in December now, but luckily this series is so big that we'll still be able to do it. So what we do is we watch one episode a week. Crazy concept. Our kids don't understand it. But we just watch one a week. We have a specific day. 80% um, of the time we stick to that day. Sometimes something comes up where we have to move the day. But we pick a day where we're going to watch it. And that is our, right now we're doing Avatar, the um, Nickelodeon show. It's totally cheesy but totally love it. Our kids like get super into it. It's a great show and it entertains everybody in the family. So the great thing is that we have it on DVD so we can watch it. You know, all we need is a little DVD player. I think it's even on Netflix right now. So if our TV's gone, we can watch it on the iPad. When we're in the hotel, we can still watch it. When we are, you know, just moved, we can still watch it. It, it, you see how it like transitions and is able to happen no matter where we are. That's kind of the point of the show. It's something we can do no matter where we are. A second way we create this stability is with our bedtime routine. Um, it's not the whole day. It's just this one part of the day that we keep simple, but the you know, pretty much the exact same every single day. And this really helps. I think particularly having a bedtime routine helps because of my kids' age. Um, it's a part of the day they can rely on. And our, when we try to throw it off, it throws off the kids. And you can see it in their behavior. But I think it's good to have that, like, solid routine at the end of the day because it keeps them calm. And... Um, because they know what to expect, because they know what's going to happen, there's no instability and insecurity at night, which is really good and helpful when you're sleeping in a hotel or you're sleeping in a brand new house and things are kind of crazy and exciting and there's either stuff everywhere or there's nothing else in the house except for the mattress on the ground, right? Um... But again, like I said earlier, you want to keep it simple so that it can be done at least similarly everywhere, um, no matter where you are. So what our bedtime routine looks like is we always go upstairs. It's jammies, bathroom, brush your teeth. We always say those three things together. We're helping the girls get through them. We have a little gospel discussion um, where we talk about the scriptures and some sort of small principle that they can digest in two minutes, like two minutes is long. We say our family prayer, hugs and kisses for everybody. The girls get in bed and then we sing them three songs. That's it. 
we don't do, I know some people have like these long extended bedtime routines. That's great for them. But as a military family, it has served us really well to have it short and simple so, and, and not require anything other than the necessities because, you know, you kind of have that two-week bag of the stuff that you have just for until you can get your big truck, right? Until the moving truck comes. I, you know, don't want too many things in that bag. I want what's absolutely essential. I don't want them to need their water bottle, their, um, oh my goodness, you know, their 10 stuffed animals or whatever. We just try to keep it simple. They all do have like one stuffed animal, but it's just one and we're very intentional about that. We're not trying to deprive our kids. We're trying to make sure that we're intentional about the stability we can create for them. So, you know, again, like everything on the podcast, take this with a grain of salt. This just is, is what has worked for us. Um, another way we have created stability is with a weekly game night. Again, these are a few, like, well, I mean, we have a lot of games, but we could just grab a few and put in our two-week bag in the car with us so we can, um, we can and have done this in the hotel. Um, sometimes pizza is involved in weekly game night. Honestly, sometimes it's not. I'm weird and get, like, sick of pizza or... I forget to make it or order it, or we have a whole bunch of leftovers, you know, something happens, but, um, pizza is easy to do in a hotel, but it's the game night. It's sitting together as a family. It, I think playing together as a family creates a lot of love and a comfortable place for our kids to land. Um, but also knowing that family game night is going to happen and then family game night happening um, at the new home, I think is simple, but so important because it shows the kids that we're still going to have a good fun life no matter where we are. The fourth way that we currently do this with our kids with the routine is dad reads a story like a, he's into chapter books now because of the age with the kids. Um, and is currently doing Harry Potter. I think they're on number two. But he reads to them a few nights a week. And again, super simple to do in a hotel room, in an empty house, you know, before. It just gives the kids something to rely on, something that they love, something that connects them with their family, which is so important. Friends are really, really good, but connection and feeling that love and security with their family is really important in a military kid's life. The second principle what I want to talk about is to help your kids see the adventure in the move. Now, this doesn't happen by simply saying, this is going to be fun. We're going to make new friends. The new house will be exciting. Um, you know, there will be exciting things at the new place. Saying it. I think helps. You do need to vocalize it, but I think you need to do it. You need to search things out yourself and go to them with, hey, did you know that at Fort Jackson, which is where we're going, there is the world's largest fire hydrant. 
I want to go see the giant fire hydrant. I wonder if it's taller. It says it's 40 feet. That's like taller than our house. And this, I wonder if, you know, dad could jump and touch the sky. You know, that's funny to a four-year-old. They think their dad can do anything. You know, that kind of stuff. Hype it up. Um, but like, you got to do some research and know what's available. It also is fun. Um, for especially like with our two older ones, it's been fun to have them search with us to have them um, looking for things and looking through the blogs of what's in different cities and talking to them about what they think is fun and making that list together. Um, another way we have helped our kids find the adventure of the new move is um, letting them think about how they want to decorate their new room. I will say we have not done this every move. There will there have been some moves where um, budget wise we just were not going to put money into their room. There have been some moves where uh, we let the girls you know what they wanted to do with their room is what posters or pictures we were doing. You know, you don't, this doesn't have to be some huge thing. Some people get really into it and that is awesome if that is your thing. I'm just saying no matter where on the spectrum you are, give your kids those boundaries of where you need to be for this PCS, but let them think about it and dream about it. Um, maybe I know my eight-year-old, I keep on saying she's eight and she's almost eight, but not there. This is weird. Um, but our six and a half and almost eight-year-old, they really love to create designs. So um, one for this PCS, we were like, hey, what if we get these big pieces of paper and you guys just create this artwork and we'll put it on the wall? And that was on the wall for a long time. And they loved that and they were excited about that. So again, to whatever degree you're at, let them think and decorate and create their own space, you know? Um, the third way that you can do this is to plan the drive with your stops being at favorite restaurants or fun looking restaurants. If they're older, look, you know, look with them on the blogs, on Food Network. I love doing Food Network like stops because you can normally find a YouTube click clip, not click, a YouTube clip connected to that restaurant and you see the food, that would be super fun for a teenager to be like, oh yeah, let's try that. Make it exciting. Um, budget out getting ice cream or whatever treat um, or exciting thing like really drives your family and excites your family. Look for stops where you can do that. Um, I know some families that's just saying, kids, we get to do Chick-fil-A every day and we'll do it once every day. It's going to be awesome. And that gets them super excited. Whatever it is for you. Others, it's that they want to try something new in each city. They want to try the state's thing. Um, one, one family I was talking to, they wanted to try the like most not broken down looking, but the most, how do you say it nicely? The most humble looking place like diner in each place and they 
um, turned it into this whole thing because they had older teenage sons. They turned it into this whole like rating system of who had the best pancakes and just like the mundane foods, but they were um, judging it and created this whole thing. So that was an adventure for them. The drive was an adventure. They moved across country. They went to so many different diners. They ate so many pancakes and hamburgers. And there was one other like just super basic food, but they're teenage boys who didn't care, but they turned it into something fun by writing fluffiness and the syrup taste. And I think like absorption was something, you know, just something silly, but you turn it fun. So that is ways that you can help them see the adventure. The third principle, which I think is the most important thing of helping your military kids transition during a PCS, and that is you have to let them feel. We are meant to feel things, feel all things in this life. It's not meant to be all sunshines and rainbows. And I believe the negative things, you know, even quote unquote negative things, depending on how you want to look at emotions, which again, the last like six to 12 months has been very interesting to learn about thought work and emotions and this, everything that goes on in our brains. The negative really help us appreciate the good and we learn so much through the negative emotions. I feel like we almost learn twice as much, 10 times more, depending on the negative emotion. You learn so much more through them. So let them feel it. I know it's, I, and I can only imagine like if my kids were older, I'm already feeling like, no, I just wanna protect my babies. Like I just, I need to protect my babies. And mama bear comes out super, super hard. And it takes everything inside me and all of Austin to remind me that that's not why we're here. I'm not here as a mother to shield them from everything. I'm here as a mother to guide them through everything and to love them through everything. So use this opportunity to show compassion and connect with them. This is hard. Look into their eyes. This is hard. And I feel it too. Even, you know, like we, we've all felt that ache and pain of a move. Tell them about that. Tell them how it hurts you or that it hurts you. Um, tell them what that feels like in your body, that my heart just feels like somebody is pushing on it, or my stomach gets all tight and, um, you know, I feel butterflies in my tummy because I'm nervous about, am I going to have new friends or not? And just sit with them and feel it and tell them, you know, again, this is hard. I feel it too. For now, we can just sit here and feel it and we can feel it together and we can do this together as a whole family if you want it to be a family discussion or, you know, it's just you and me, kid, or you, me, and dad. And we are here with you. We are here for you and we'll feel this together, okay? Let them cry. Tears are so, so good. And then when you're ready, when we are ready, we can, we 
can find a way forward together. Because again, family needs to be their stability. Family needs to be their soft place to land. Family needs to be their connection and fulfillment and lovable place. And I think you give them all of those things when you really let them feel and sit with them. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to mourn with those that mourn. But it's so important for us to do. We don't have to fix it. We just need to sit with them and let them feel it. Because normally if we just let them feel it, it goes on. The process goes on a lot faster than if we push things down and suppress it, right? Like, I feel like we've talked about this principle a few times on The Waiting Warriors. And it's so important with our kids. One thing that helps me be compassionate and then um, curious is to remember that this is this is a hard situation, right? Especially when they act out. Because, again, I have no idea how teenagers will react, but my girls are giving me clues on what teenage life is going to be like. And there is some sassiness, and there is some defiance, and by some, I mean a whole lot. And it happens a lot in a transition periods. And it's really helpful for me to handle those situations when I come to them with compassion and curiosity. And I remind myself that the feelings that they're experiencing are going to manifest in all different ways. Yes, obviously, very important. As parents, we have every right and should have boundaries on what is and is not acceptable behavior. I'm not saying let your kids do whatever they want. There can be consequences and should be consequences. But don't don't just get mad and demand that they act a certain way or that they um that they feel a certain way. They're going to act however they're going to act. We can't control our kids. And we can't, we really can't control how they're going to feel, but we can control how we're going to react and look at it as an opportunity to teach them. So what helps me to do this is first I try to understand what they're going through, right? Like that's really important to remember that they're probably, probably not just acting defiant to act defiant. It's probably not just some battle for control. It's probably that their life is getting turned upside down. And then be curious about what she or he needs. Um, let that be your question. You know, what what do they need? What are they what are they crying out for? Not they normally aren't actually saying it, but what are they emotionally needing, mentally needing? And it's hard for me because my question has often been, you know, how do I discipline them? How do I get this out of them? How do I make sure they understand that this isn't okay? We can, we can give them loving reminders on what the boundaries are, but be curious about what they need and give them that love, stability, that soft place to land, that connection, that, um, 
that reassurance that they can feel what they're going to feel and we're going to feel it with them and we're going to help them move forward with it once they're ready. And then if they need a consequence because they yelled at your face and they need a, a minute to cool down, then you can give them that consequence type thing. The fourth principle for how to help your military kids transition during a PCS is you have to freaking take care of yourself, okay? This, you may think like that has nothing to do with my military kids. Honey, it has everything to do with your military kids. You cannot help your kids if you are depleted and constantly tired. Trust me, I have tried. I have tried on many occasions. I have failed on many occasions. I have done well for a few days and then I explode or implode. And that's not a good place to, to work from. A bad tree can't put out good fruit, right? It's, it's going to require a lot, but to do more than normal, you need to replenish yourself. And a PCS season is doing more than normal, okay? So you need to get some sleep, even though it may be tempting to stay up super late and get things done. You can stay up a little later than normal, but you need to make sure you are getting the ample hours to rest your body and to rejuvenate and to, like I say with my kids, when they say, why do we have to go to bed? I hate going to bed. And Anne's in this phase where she, like everything, every day, whether it's to do jobs or to <laughs> eat her vegetables or to go to sleep, whatever is keeping her from the fun things of life, she always says, why do we have to do this every day? Every day. And she like throws her hands down and shrugs her shoulders and it's this whole dramatic, ridiculous thing, right? And I say to her, honey, your body needs the energy so you can go have fun and do the things we need to every day. So I'm going to say to you, honey, your body needs the energy that it needs to do the things that it's got to do tomorrow. And if you don't give it that energy, it's not going to be able to function as well. So you might still be able to pack all the boxes. You might still be able to clean all the windows, but you're not going to be able to emotionally and mentally show up the way you want to. So whether it's, you know, some people, there's all different medical times. Some people say six hours of sleep. Personally, I'll be honest, maybe it's just the phase of life that I'm at right now that I've been pregnant or nursing or just had young kids. I don't know. Whatever phase I'm at, I like do not function well with less than eight hours of sleep. I just don't. My body needs more. Austin, he gets six and he's like, that's his golden time, right? He gets eight, he's groggy kind of, but six is good. So whatever that is for you, please get your sleep. Um, also get the nutrients you need. I'm not going to say don't eat junk food. I know what a PCS season is like, and you're trying to eat everything that's in the pantry, right? And we make funky pizzas that have random toppings, or we have a little bit of pasta and a little bit of this and a little bit of that because that's what's in the pantry. I get it. Or you have fast food for a week. I get that. I'm not saying don't have any of that. I'm just saying maybe have some carrots or some um, bell peppers 
or some fruit on hand also so we can get a little bit of good energy inside your body. Again, we don't have to be eating like paleo during the PCS. If you do that, wow, let's like talk. I want to hear how you do that because that's super cool. I personally have not been able to do that yet, but you can still get some good nutrients in your body that your body needs. Third, take a walk or or something to decompress every day, okay? There will never be time for you to do this, right? You're going to like look at your day and you're going to remember, okay, Michelle said I should take a walk. How? that She's crazy. There's no time to take a walk because I have to do this and this and this. But here's what I've learned. So picture a, um, picture a jar and you have rocks and you have sand. And um, somebody says, okay, I need you to put all of this. But they, or you, you put the sand in first. And then you're trying to fit the rocks in, but it's not fitting. There's not enough um, room. You can't put the, all the rocks in. There's not enough space at the top. And then you pour the jar out. I wish I, oh, I should have done this. I should have like on YouTube been showing you guys how to do this because it's a really good visual lesson. Just know I'm not making this up. I've seen this multiple times. I've seen how this works multiple times with the rocks and the jar and the sand. But if you put the rocks first in your jar, they'll like, they normally stack up to pretty much fill the jar, right? Like they kind of crawl up to the top of the jar and then you put the sand in the sand fits in all the different nooks and crannies. Okay. The lesson is to put first things first to put the most important things first in your day, and then everything else just seems to fit. If it's important, it gets done, okay? But you, there will never really be time, quote unquote, be time for the important things because all the other little things seem important and seem like emergencies and they take over our brain. But you have to make the time for the important things. So make the time for a walk or I like walks because it's like I just leave. I do a few laps around our neighborhood. It's just me. I'm moving my body. I get those endorphins and I don't I normally don't listen to anything, especially during the move, because like my brain is going berserk and is super stimulated. So I if I do listen to something, it's super calm because I just need to decompress, right? Like I need to stop being stimulated. Um, but I have yet to have a day where I went on that, you know, 10 minute. Sometimes I got went all the way to 30, but even it's just a 10 minute walk where I went to the day, the end of the day, and I regretted it because the walk always benefits me. If it's not a walk, that's fine. Sit and read. Um, do meditate, stretch, do something, whatever it is, not, not that numbs you. Don't, um, do something that's like buffering or numbing. If you know those terms, do something that decompresses you, that lets you release, lets you just be with yourself and think, make that time. 
And the fourth thing that you can do to take care of yourself is to pace yourself. Don't think that you can do more in one day than you can do and ask for help even if you don't quote unquote need it. You are going through a move. Your family is transitioning. You are completely uprooting your life and moving. You need help, okay? Whether you can pack boxes with your kids running around or not, if some a friend offers for help, say yes. Could you watch the kids for an hour? You know, they don't, they don't, you know, if somebody offers it, you don't have to say, hey, can you watch my kids for a whole day? Or can you bring me a, a gourmet meal? It can be something super basic. It could be, can you take this to the dump for me? Can you, um, if I put in a grocery pickup, could you pick up a few things for me? Or like, you know, the next time you go to the commissary, could you pick a few things up for me? Anything like that. Like, it can be small things, but accept the help, okay? I know it's kind of harder to like have ideas on your brain of things that they could do. And I wish more people would offer specific ways of helping instead of um, like generic help, which is a good lesson for us when we're not PCSing, like to offer something specific that you, you know, would have loved is an easy way to think of something. But um, if they say like, hey, can I help? Say yes. And if you don't have any ideas, be like, I can't even like think of something, but whatever you you can offer, I would love. I would, I would lovingly accept. And don't feel guilty about that because your family is going through so much and you don't have to do this alone. You don't. And when you rely on your community, then you are not stressed and you'll be able to help your kids transition better in this PCS. I hope and pray that this has helped you guys. These things have been life changing. They help us. They help our kids so much. Again, we are not perfect. And this does not mean that nothing about the PCS will be hard, that nothing that my kids experience, that they're shielded from any pain and hurt. These things just help us move and process through them so we get to the new place and we aren't totally crushed, we aren't totally spiraling, and we can relatively quickly move forward and be in happy, good places again. And I think, again, this is, this is just totally, because this is, you know, is not all things that Austin and I have come up with. These are things that we have sought after, that we have prayed about, that we have um, talked to people we looked up to. And I really hope and pray that they can help you and benefit you because, I know it's hard. We worry about our babies. Like I said, like mama bear comes out to play during the hard times of life. It is so hard. But like I said earlier, you know, just don't, don't make it your role to keep all bad things from them. Make it your role to guide them and to teach them and to, to watch the movie of your life. Like, um, my life coach, Jody Moore, says that a lot, you know, like just watch, you know, you just get the blessing of watching their movie and, um, and guiding them through it. And that, that's such a fun way to think about it. 
Okay, guys, again, I hope this was helpful. If you have any takeaways, please let me know about them. If you have any um, more good advice you want to share, share them with me on um, Instagram on The Waiting Warrior. And I would love to share them with our community. You guys have a good week. Good luck with your PCS if you are going through them. Let me know if you have any other PCS questions and we'll make sure we address them on Instagram. And yeah, remember just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable, including a PCS. Have a good week, guys. Bye. There are so many things in the military community that differentiate us. Rank, branch, duty station. But along with our deep love of country, there's one thing that unites all of us, PCS. That's right, the permanent change of station, AKA moving. For so many of us, PCSing might be a four letter word, but here at PCS Grades, we're taking the stress out of PCS. Whether you're a veteran who is just separating newly enlisted, a military spouse on your 15th move or on your first, single or married with kids, PCS Grades is helping military and veteran families find their way home. Here's how it works. Let's take Katie. Katie is a military spouse who loves living at her current duty station and has finally figured out which light switch controls which lamp. And then Katie's husband comes home with flowers. Never a good sign. They're moving. Sure, military life can be a great adventure, sending you to places all across the world, but the logistics of a PCS can be overwhelming. Setting up the move, finding a new house in the right neighborhood, finding new schools, churches, friends, stores, even a new hairdresser. There's just so much to do. Katie logs on to PCS Grades, a free resource for the military community designed to solve the biggest must-solve problems. Should they live on or off base? Which neighborhood? Who are the top-notch real estate agents? Who are the best mortgage lenders? Which school should they send their kids to? What movers should they use? The best part? Katie trusts this information because it comes from people just like her. Reviews are written by veteran and military families who have lived it so that other families can get the real scoop on everything you need to know about your new area. The secret sauce of PCS grades is that the information is provided for the military community by the military community. Moving doesn't have to be a four letter word. Through PCS grades, let your fellow military and veteran families help you find your way home.